So, Be'ezus Hashem, we are moving into Chodesh Tammuz, generally not the most exciting time of the year, in a certain sense. The months of Tammuz and Av, of course, are months of mourning, are months of reflection, are months of loss, months of feeling that somehow we're not where we're supposed to be. And things are not as they are supposed to be, not individually and not collectively in the world. And there's also a certain sense of inconvenience. You know, it's the summer, it's beautiful weather, at least in America, there's summer camp at this point over here, it's more limited. Um, and so we have a natural tendency to want to, to want to sort of just like, you know, wait until this time period is over so that we can carry on with our regular scheduled programming. But to be able to take the time to stop and to, morning, and to, Recognize that there's a great opportunity here in these two months. There's something that's very special to do, and beginning it with a musical halal, we'll try to incorporate some melodies about Yerushalayim, about Eretz Yisrael, so we can focus ourselves on the energy of the month. We're going to try with Hashem's help to be able to access all of the treasures that we can access if we go into these months in a way of consciousness and, uh, and awareness. And so the Sadiqim, the Arizal, and the Sefer Yitzirah, before him, well before him, speak about the month of Tammuz as being connected to the concept of sight, of the eyes, and the Shevet Ruvain. All the Degalim were split into four camps on the four directions, each one with four Shvatim. And the months of Av and Tammuz, this segment of the year, is connected to those first four Shvatim. And the Arizal tells us that the month of Tammuz is connected is related to the to the Shevet of Reuven. We have sources of here. Like that one. It's connected to the month of Reuven. This itself might be reflected in what the Sefer Yitzira says that all the different months we've been learning this the past couple of months are connected to different functionalities within the human being, different capacities that we have, hearing, different digestive energies that we learned about. The month of Tammuz is the month of sight. This concept of seeing is itself reflected in the word Ru'uvein, which is, of course, founded on the concept of sight, because Leah says Ru'u, right? That a Kaddish Baruch who saw my pain, my suffering, and therefore Ru'uvein in and of itself is connected to the concept of seeing. What might all of this have to do with the month of Tammuz? What do we know about the month of Tammuz, aside from Shiva Sarva Tammuz, when the walls were breached, leading up to Tishva of three weeks later, but Tammuz, long before there was a Vesa Mikdash, Tammuz is actually the month of first the Chet Egal took place in Tammuz. And then, as we know, we just read Parsha Shlach, Tammuz was the month that the Miraglim were sent to Eretz Yisrael. That the Miraglim were sent to Eretz Yisrael to spy out the land and came back with a terrible report on Tishavav and HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, all of you are crying for no reason. Unfortunately, later on in history, there's going to be ample reason to cry on this day, and that was the day of the first base of Mikdash destruction, the destruction, the second base of Mikdash, and other calamities in Jewish history. But if you think about it very deeply, Chete Ega, right after Matan Torah, right after Harsinai, was bound up with the eyes. Because Chete Ega, the Tzadikim tell us, was really a re, um, like a reenactment in a certain sense, on a collective level of the Chet Eitz Hadas on the individual level. So when all of humanity is wrapped up into Adam Rishon, and Adam Rishon and, and Chava looked at this tree, the Pasuk says, Nechmad that was the first problem, and Chazal learned from that, that everything follows the eye, 
and a person has to be careful where they're looking, right? Because that can affect other things happening in the body that wouldn't have happened otherwise. And so the first thing is, is that it was nechmad le'inayin. That was the first stumbling. The chait Adam and Chava was fixed up by Matan Torah. Because what the snake was able to do with Chava and Adam to inject some of its poisonous energy within them, which is the concept of the embodiment of the Yitzhahara, whereas beforehand the Yitzhahara was an external force, it was just the, the snake. Now it a little bit came inside. So by Matan Torah, what happens is, the Gemara in Shabbos tells us, Paskazuamasa. That original filth of the snake went away. So by the Chete Egal, which happened soon after that, everything comes back again. Death comes back into the world. All the curses that were supposed to have been removed, resolved, humanity was already ready. They were literally going to march into Eretz Yisrael right away. Everything would have been fixed. Would have been no destruction. That was it. That was supposed to be the, uh, the end of the story of mankind. Matan Torah. We know how we're living. We're completely aligned with our source. We're going to shine a light to the rest of the nations. And that was supposed to be the end of the story. Unfortunately, the Chete Egel in the month of Tammuz reawakens that original sin, so to speak, of the, of the Chete Tzadas, and it's bound up with the eyes. Of course, this itself plays right into the Chete Maraglam, where the whole thing was their eyes. The whole thing was how they were looking, not necessarily in a physical way, because they saw whatever there was to see in the land. But the question was a question of interpretation. And that's another element that's related to our eyesight, because you and I can see the same thing but we may perceive it differently. And that's also connected the concept of the eyes. It's not what we're seeing, but how we're choosing to see what we're seeing. What kind of world do we want to see? What elements within what is to be seen do we choose to look at? Do we choose to see? <clears throat> do we choose to reflect on, to focus on, to value? And this is the month of Tamas, the month of seeing. The month where seeing potentially breaks down but therefore, as we know, anything that is to be fixed has to be fixed at its root. And the root is the source of the breaking. And so this is the secret to rectifying whatever we need to fix in this month is seeing. Now let's take a look at some sukkim, just very simple today, just a few sukkim, to take a look at the Shmael to try to wrap this up quickly, even though we have nothing to rush to with two men, but hopefully they'll come. Let's take a look at the first uh, source. It's a Pasuk and Tvarim. All the way at the end, and the pasuk tells us, "Vayishka in Yisrael betach padad," and Am Yisrael will dwell betach securely, badad alone. Ein Yaakov, the eye of Yaakov, or the spring of Yaakov. Different commentators give different interpretations, but it can mean both, right? Like the eye, the ayin, ayin. El Eretz Dagon Vesirash in a land filled with, with grain and plenty, Afshamav Yarfutal, where the heavens are also sending down Tal, dew. And the Tzadik can teach that this whole secret mission of the Jewish people that we have to fix, we have to work on, is wrapped up in these two words, Einyat, to develop Jewish eyes. Because the eyes, that's the source of everything. It's the source of either tov or chas v'shalom, the opposite. And they say that's why the word betach is used here. V'yishken Yisrael betach. When we're connected to the concept of ein Yaakov, of looking at the world with holy eyes, so then betach. Then we have security. 
But it's deeper than that because the word betach can be seen as a Rosh Tevis. Each letter can be seen as standing for another word. And those three words are bracha, that's the base. Tov is goodness. And the ches is chayim, is life. Betach, bracha, tov, and chayim. We can bring into our lives blessing, goodness, and real life, real living, a spirit of life. How? Continues the Pasuk, Ein Yaakov. By working on this concept of our eyes. And these three elements, bracha, tov, and chayim, sit at the core of the whole Torah, of everything that we can access. When we live a Torah life, take a look at the next source, the Pasuk, also in three Pesukim in Devarim, many Pesukim actually here in Devarim. And the Pasuk says famously in the beginning of Parshas Re'eh, Re'eh, Anoichi Noisim Lefneichem Hayayim, Bracha Uklala. Says Hashem, what is this Torah that I'm giving you? What is the opportunity here? Says Hashem, I'm putting before you Bracha or the opposite. Bracha or Klala, a blessing, or Chas the opposite is a curse. What's it dependent on? Look at the first word. It's bolded. Re'eh, says Hashem. It's not for nothing. Hashem says, just see. See. I'm putting, what does he need to say? I'm putting before you today a blessing and a curse. But the premise is re'eh. Is re'eh anoichi. It's the ability to see Hashem from everything. That's the bracha. And if we choose not to live this way, not to live connected to the Ein Yaakov, Chas Hashem, it's the opposite. Then it's klala. But re'eh, it all depends on our eyesight, and like we said, our perception, how we're choosing to perceive what we, what we see. And the next Pasuk tells us, very similar Pasuk, but two other elements are in this Pasuk. Re'eh, again, the word Re'eh, Hashem says, see. Nasati lefanecha hayayim, I'm putting before you today, es hachayim ve'es hatoiv, life and goodness. And chas v'shalom, the opposite, ve'es ha'mavas, ve'es ha'rah. So we here you see in these two psukim all these three elements of betach, bracha, tov, and chayim. And they're predicated on the concept of re'eh. Re'eh anoichi. Noisin lefnei chamayim. Bracha, that's the base of betach. And re'eh nasata lefnei chayim. Esa chayim That's the tes and the ches of the word betach. All reliant on ein yakov. Bracha, tov, and chayim. That is the essence of kala tarakula. Bracha, Tov and Chaim. Now we know that really the whole world has the potential of being used as a platform to serve Hashem. Yes, his presence fills the whole world. There's nowhere we go where he isn't already. It's true. But the essence of serving Hashem is really only in Eretz Yisrael. How many mitzvahs are mitzvahs at Tuliyas Ba'aretz that cannot be done outside of Eretz Yisrael? How Yiddishkeit was truncated when the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. What were they supposed to do? They didn't even know what to do anymore. Talmud Babli doesn't even have Masechtas on Zrayim, most of the Masechtas in Zrayim, because it was irrelevant. All these agricultural laws, that they, they couldn't keep them in Chutz Laaretz. It was like major seg- sections and segments of, of, of the Torah, Chas Hashem, were like just not functional anymore. Eretz Yisrael is the land of our health. Eretz Yisrael is the land of our fullness, of our wholeness. The land where the Torah, which like we learned as bracha, tov, and chaim, can be engaged in completely. It's no wonder then that we find very, very similar psukim with all of these elements related to Eretz Yisrael. 
because it's in Eretz Yisrael that we have the potential of being connected to Bracha Tov and Chaim. Let's take a look at the Pasuk. There's a famous Pasuk. Eretz, referring to the land of Eretz Yisrael, Asher Hashem Eleikecha Doirish Eisatamid, that Hashem is constantly seeking this land, constantly centered around this land. Tamid Ene Hashem Eleikecha Ba. The eyes of God are always upon it. Unbelievable. To live in a land where the eyes of God are always upon it. I'm sure Hashem is looking at, at London also. The Pasuk says, The eyes of God look at the whole earth. And that's true. There's hashkacha on, on every little tiny thing. But Eretz Yisrael is called a land that The eyes of God not just are upon it, but are within it. From the beginning of the year to the end of the year. And the tzaddikim teach that it doesn't just refer to Hashkacha. Hashem's eyes are on the land. Because it doesn't say on the land. It says in the land. And that means that if a person is connected to Eretz Yisrael, the Emes, truly, they have the option and the potential of connecting to what we referred to earlier as Re'ei Anoichi. Godly eyes. Ein Yahweh. Hashem's eyes are in the land, meaning to live a life of emunah is something that in Eretz Yisrael, it's, it's almost something that you, you don't have a choice not to do. When you're living, all of us have that experience. You go to Eretz Yisrael, it's a land that's saturated with faith. It's the land of the Avas. Everything of importance happened in that land, at least in that part of the world, Harsinai, a little bit in the Gvul of Eretz Yisrael. In that land, it's the land of faith. It's the land of our tradition. It's the land where it becomes so easy or much easier if we so choose and commit to it to be able to look at the world through Ein Yaakov, through what's called Ein Hashem Elekecha, but godly eyes, to see things in a more elevated way, in a deeper way. And it's no wonder that we find in the next three psukim all of these three elements related to Eretz Yisrael, Bracha, Tov, and Chaim. says the first Pasuk, and we shall eat, we shall be satiated, and we shall bless. The concept of bracha is connected to the land, to Eretz Yisrael. There's a dafka concept of blessing that takes place. The next Pasuk, the Pasuk of Tehillim, that's a mistake, it shouldn't be telling. no, it's flipped, it's... It should, it should be the, the next source, by Midbar. In Parsha Shlach, Yeshua and Kalev stand up, and they said, they announced to the whole Adas B'nei Yisrael, to the whole congregation of the Jewish nation, Lamar saying to them, Ha'aret asher avarnu bala this land that we passed through, to scout it out, toiva ha'aret, ma'oid ma'oid. It's a really good land. That's the element of toiv, goodness. And then finally, the Pasuk of Tehillim says, Davar HaMelech, Es halich lefnei Hashem, ba'artzois hachayim. I shall walk before Hashem in the land of life, in the land of the living. And the Mepharshim there say it's a reference to Eretz Yisrael. So here also we have these three elements related to Eretz Yisrael, which is the land of the Torah. Bracha, Tova, and Chaim. To live betach, vayishkan Yisrael, betach, when we're connected to these eyes. So with this, we'll come to the end. If we turn the sheet over, we know that the whole world, that's something we've discussed in the past, is split into really three realms. There's the realm of 
the human consciousness. That's called nefesh, the soul. And without that, at least from the standpoint of that individual, which is everything, nothing exists. Because you could have everything, but if the person is devoid of a soul, so then this world might as well be completely useless. And it is. Right? The person cannot abide in this realm without a goof, without a body. And so that's called nefesh. That's like the light bulb is on. Okay. But now what are the parameters for living? The two basic parameters for living are time and space. Everything that the human consciousness will experience will be experienced within the context of those two elements, time and space. Everything there is. Physicality masses in space, and everything in space is bound by time. These two elements are called shama and nefesh. I'm sorry, shama and olam. Nefesh is the consciousness. Olam is the world, is space, and shama is the realm of time. And the tzaddikim explain that whatever exists in one realm has its parallel in the other. There are like three parallel universes. Every concept that you'll find in one of those realms is reflected in the other. And so as a prime example, there are others, but we'll use this as an example because it's our topic this morning. Eretz Yisrael is in the realm of space, right? It is a place. It is an actual place in the world. And it has its reflection in the realm of time. What is the reflection of Eretz Yisrael in the realm of time? What would you say? Yom Kippur, okay. That's true in a certain extent, but that's a much more focused one. Talking about something a little bit broader, more than one time a year. But, but yes. I'll give you a hint. I'll give it away. Yom Kippur is called Shabbos Shabbosom. Right? It's, the, it's like the pinnacle of Shabbos, and it's true. Right? The pinnacle of space is not Eretz Yisrael, it's the Beis HaMikdash. That's Yom Kippur. But Shabbos is more general. So Shabbos is, in time, what Eretz Yisrael is in space. And this becomes very important and very deep. Because you're right, we don't have, we don't have Eretz Yisrael. We don't have Eretz Yisrael. You and I want to be a part of the Tikkun. We want to be a part of the fixing. We want that slowly but surely we should be marching back to Eretz Yisrael. Rabbi Nachman of Breslau says that it's our task to make sure that at least we're not stopping the redemption. At least. Not necessarily we don't always know what we need to do to bring the redemption, but to make sure that we're not, we're not living unconscious lives, right? We want to be a part of the fixing. We want to be a part of walking toward the Holy Land. So we don't have the Beis HaMikdash. And Eretz Yisrael is in a state of, of confusion. But the one thing that we have that's kept us throughout exile is Shabbos. The Shabbos Kodesh. If we can maximize the opportunity given to us by Shabbos weekly to live lives of, of elevation, of like a higher kind of living, at least for one day a week, an amazing, remarkable thing happens where we become Eretz Yisrael Dika people. We become infused and saturated with the spirit of Eretz Yisrael, which in the context of everything we're learning means to develop a higher, a higher way of living. And so now, just for the last two minutes, let's take a look at the other side of the sheet. We're taking a look at these last few sources, where the Gemara, believe it or not, says the same thing about Shabbos that is said about Eretz Yisrael. Take a look at the Gemara, the Gemara in Shabbos, Kufiud Gimel Amid Beis. And the Gemara asks, Is a person allowed to take big steps on Shabbos? 
Is a person allowed to rush? Should a person take big steps on Shabbos? Amalei. And so the Amora that was asked this question answered, You're asking if it's allowed on Shabbos, is it, is it allowed during the week? Is it allowed during the week? Shani Oimer. You can't, because Psiya Gassan, they tell us, Because taking big steps takes away one five hundredth of the eyesight of the person. That's what the Gemara says. We shouldn't take big steps. On whatever level, we're going to talk about metaphorically what this might mean, our eyesight is dimmed when we're taking big steps. Says the Gemara, okay, when does it come back? What's the healing for our eyes if we're taking big steps? Says the Gemara, when Mahadarle, it returns, during Kiddush Friday night. Means Shabbos is the fixing for our eyes. Because Shabbos is in time what Eretz Yisrael is in space. And the Torah relies on Eretz Yisrael and the Torah relies on Shabbos. Because Eretz Yisrael in space and Shabbos in time represent the context within which the individual Jewish nefesh can engage with the Torah in the proper way. They are the context, time and space are, for the nefesh, for the consciousness that's engaging with the Torah within them. And so they have to be realms of holy eyesight, Ein Yaakov, to give us betach, bracha, tova, chayim, which we already saw associated with Eretz Yisrael. What might this mean, rushing, slowing down? Very simply. The opposite of a Torah-oriented life is to live a life of anxious, frantic pursuit. Anxious, frantic pursuit means that we only believe that there's this world and that we have to quickly try to get something, attain something, achieve something. In this world, running in, in the realm of space, rushing in the realm of time, and, and the consciousness of Am Yisrael is to go slow. It's to go slow. Of course, there's a concept also in spirituality that there is only this world in the sense that we have to grab mitzvahs in this world. And so, sure, that's a holy kind of rushing. But it doesn't come with anxiety. It doesn't come with, with pressure. It itself is founded on a concept of, of going slow, taking things slow. The Yishuv, it's called the Yishuv Adas, with a settled mind. Says the Gemara, if you take big steps, our eyesight begins to dim, which means if we rush through life and we're constantly running all the time, simply said, we're going to miss things. We're going to miss things. We're going to miss great moments. We're going to miss nuance. We're going to miss being able to meditate on the simple things of life around us that if we look at with holy, elevated, Eretusrel, Torah eyes, not simple at all. It's a revelation of divinity. There's a message here, and so on. Rushing takes a little bit of our eyesight away. So when does it come back? It comes back on Friday night on Shabbos. Because the whole thing of Shabbos is, what does Shabbos mean? Literally, Shabbos means to sit. It means you're not running anywhere. Ki'ilu says the Gemara, we come into Shabbos, call malach suya. all of your work is done. All of your work is mamas. There's nowhere else to go. There's nothing else to do. Are you joining us? Right? There's nowhere else to go. There's nothing else to do. Just to sit. Shabbos. That's the spirit of Shabbos. That's the spirit of Eretz Yisrael. 
Shabbos is all about the eyes, just like Eretz Yisrael is all about the eyes. Because they are the context within which we said the whole Torah, which is all about developing this holy, elevated kind of eyes to fix up the Chet Egel, which is in this month, to fix up the Chet Hamaraglam, which is in this month, to fix up the Chet Adam and Chava, which began with the eyes, which began with trying to be something that they weren't already, which is trying to fundamentally change their situation instead of accepting it, working within it, recognizing that this too is from Hashem. It's all, it's all revolving around the eyes, and Shabbos captures that. And so it's not a wonder when you look at the next three sources that you find, again, these three elements by Shabbos as well. We say in Tfilah, Toyameha, those who taste Shabbos, Chayim Zakuf. They married it to Chayim. That's, that's the Ches. The next Pasuk, in Bereshis, Vayavarech Elikim Asiyam Ashri. Hashem sanctified the seventh day. That's Bracha. That's the base. And then finally, Mizmar Shir Liyayim Shabbos. We sing a song for the seventh day, Toiv Lahoides Lashem. That's the Tes. Tes, Beis, and Ches. Betach. Betach. To live securely. And the goal, and with this we'll finish, and I hope that we'll start. We might have to call some Chevra. I don't know. A lot of people told me they're out of town, so I, I, I hope. If not, we'll play some Naguna for you and then we'll part ways. Um, it's also part of Hashem's plan. The ultimate goal, and this is a very deep thing, if we are to become part of the fixing that we said revolves around Shabbos, because Shabbos is what we have now, is to make a yichud, to make a bond and a unification between the element of sanctity, which is Shabbos, and the element of mundanity, which is Chal, which is the weekday. And the reason for this is because if Shabbos is in time, what Eretz Yisrael is in space, then Galus, exile, the other nations of the world, in relation to Eretz Yisrael, where we belong, is going to be the days of the week, in relation to Shabbos. So if we, in the time-space of the six days of the week, can begin to tap into the energy of Shabbos even while it's the week. Fundamentally, what in a way we're doing is we're drawing the holiness of Eretz Yisrael, of Geula, even into Gogs. You see, because these two things parallel each other. Eretz Yisrael and Chutz La'aretz, Shabbos and the six days of the week. If we can draw the spirit of Shabbos into the six days of the week, then we're fixing up this exile, this exile orientation with the spirit of Eretz Yisrael, with the spirit of Geula. We're able to draw that spirit into, into our time period now, which is Gullus, which is very much not in Eretz Yisrael. You hear? That's, that's the connection. And that's our task. And so fascinatingly enough, if you look at, the, at literally the word Tamos, can be seen as a conjugation of the following elements. Tam, which means the completion of, the wholeness of. Vav, Zion. Vav is the six days of the week. Vav is six. Zion is seven. Is Shabbos. The fixing of the breakdown of our eyesight 
that manifests in the Chaita Egel, which, like we said, is a reenactment of the Chaita Eitzadas, that manifests in the Chaita Meraglim, that manifests in the breakdown of Eretz Yisrael, in being banished from that land, which is all about the Eine Hashem, like we said, the eyes of God, is in this month, in and of itself, is to fix up at the root what was broken. Tamuz. Tam Vav Zayin. To bring together Shabbos, which is Zayin, together with the Vav, together with the six days of the week. To draw the energy of Shabbos already into the six days of the week. To draw the energy of Gu'ula already into our experience of Gullahs. How do we do this? By going slow during the week also. Not rushing, not feeling rushed. Time is an illusion. There's only now. There's literally only now. That's all there is. Time is completely an illusion. Birds don't know anything for, about time. Maybe they know day and night. Other than that, nothing. Not from the moment that they're born to the moment that they go to sleep. They have no concept of time. Isn't that wonderful? If you look at a bird, there's no more significant or less significant moment. It's just, it's just existing. Time is completely an illusion. We have to live each and every moment, mamish, like Shabbos. Step by step. And then, just to finish off, the Pasuk about this concept tamos, which is the word tam, tells us, shmar tam, if we guard this tamimos, this simplicity, this unification of tamos, of tam vav zayin, bringing together these two elements, says the Pasuk, ure'e yasha. Then your eyesight will be, will be yasha, will be focused. Shmar tam, if we can master this secret of tam, Tam of Zion of Tamuz, and in so doing connect to the spirit of Gula, even while in the throes of Gullahs, to, to, to connect and channel the light of Shabbos, even while in the six days of the week, says the Pasuk, Yasha. then already your eyesight will be fixed. We'll have focused eyesight to look where we want to look, to look at what we want to look at, to see what we want to see in the world, perception, the miracle. To be able to see a godly world, a world hurtling toward redemption, to see a good world, to see the goodness in other people, not to give up on the world, not to give up on ourselves, or a yasher, to stay focused. And if we do that, then we have a reference to Gu'ula, ki achris, at the end, li'ish shalim. At the end, we'll abide in a state of peace, in a state of unity with, with our Kodesh Baruch in a state of world peace, in a state of harmony, in a state that Am Yisrael could have attained and did attain by Harsinai if they hadn't gone and, and lost it and then not been able to get back into Eretz Yisrael because of the Miraglim, which is all centered around the eyes. This month, which is Kenegad Sheva, the Ruvain, which is all about seeing. And connected, like the Sefer Tzir tells us, to the capacity of eyesight gives us, the, gives us the ability to fix what was broken. And so this is my bracha to you and to me. We should be Zaytheh. To do this, to remember this whole month, let this be a good meditation. Tamus, Tam Vav Zayin. I want to bring the energy of Shabbos into the week. Even during the week, I have things to do. My malacha is not asuya. That's only Shabbos. I have stuff to do. But we can do it with a with a, a consciousness of Shabbos, calmly, slowly, surely, with a focused eyesight. Shmar Tam Uber Eyasha. We should have a month full with really the spirit of Gula. We shouldn't have to have Shabbat Sabbatam those three weeks. But it will be a shame because we have a great video program coming up. But I think we'll all 
overlook that and we'll, and we'll march back to Eretz Yisrael Be'ezus Hashem and we should experience the coming of Mashiach in our own lives Be'pratiyas and all of us collectively Be'ezus Hashem Yisbarach